Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Local Homeschoolers podcast, where you come for local resources and encouragement. I am your host, Autumn Frisbee. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show today. I have Jennifer Fertitta um, on the show, and I'm very excited to hear her expertise in the area of homeschooling and evaluations. Um, Jennifer currently lives in Jupiter, Florida, and is a homeschool mom to three boys. She is also a state homeschool evaluator and specializes in unschooling and alternative education methods. Um, She has her master's degree in special education. So thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners um, before we get started about your family, um, your children, or their educational journey? Well, I have three boys. Um, I have; They are now ages 18, 19, and 21. I've homeschooled them um, since we pulled them out of regular school after the first, second, and fourth grades. So it's been a long journey for us. Um, my last two are graduating this year. And... Um, One is, uh, my oldest is um, majoring in chemical engineering and math at Geneva College in Pittsburgh. Um, My middle one is going to Florida Polytech University in the fall. And my um, youngest is completing his AA um, now, like at the same time he graduates high school, and he's going to start his bachelor's program at Indian River State um, in organizational management. So we're kind of coming to the end of our homeschool journey. Um, It's been wonderful. I wouldn't change it for the world. I love the time that I've had with my kids. Um, But yeah, it's kind of like closing for us now. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's great. And what a success story you have um, with that homeschooling journey. And um, so you're currently an evaluator for the state of Florida. Um, As an evaluator, what are some of the top concerns that you've seen parents coming with you or coming to you with lately? Well, most homeschool moms are terrified for their first evaluation. And I was too when I first came here um, before I had transferred my license down here. Um, They're terrified because they think that they haven't done enough. And everyone thinks that. Um, But if you just look and start to put your portfolio together, you'll realize that you have done way more than you thought you did. Just every day you were teaching your kids through every experience. Um, it may not look the same for everybody. Um, you know, some some families unschool, some families do curriculum in a box, some families, you know, just kind of mix it up and are very eclectic. Uh, but whatever method you choose, you you are teaching your your children all the time. Um, but I think the most common fear that parents have is that they haven't done enough. Um, but what you need to do if you think that is just lean on your evaluator and, and say, look, I'm not sure that I did enough. And your evaluator will kind of help you document that, like document what you've done so that it meets the state requirements um, so that you don't have to worry. Um, because, you know, that's what your evaluator is for, not only to evaluate that you've done everything, but to kind of lead you in, and teach you what, you know, if you're having problems in a certain area or you think that your child might have a special need or um, you just need help documenting everything. That's what we're here for. Um, We're not just here to say, okay, you've done it. So, you know, lean on your evaluator to just make sure that, you know, you've got everything documented properly and um, that you're good to go for another year. 
Right. And then what are some of the um, checks and balances that are required or are there any that are necessary um, as far as a parent who's not feeling like they're doing enough? What is something that they can do to know that they are doing enough? Well, I mean, they can check in with their evaluator throughout the year. Um, I always tell people, you know, if you are, are feeling like you just don't know what you're doing or that you're not doing enough, just give me a call and check in. Let me know what you're doing. I'll tell you if, you know, if you should add anything or um, or if there are any specific things that you, you know, would help your child if they were having any difficulties in any areas. Um, so yeah, I call the evaluator, um, you know, just kind of in the middle of the year. They're not just for the end of the year. Um, <laughs> most evaluators want to have a relationship with their families and kind of help them along the way. That's why we do what we do, because we want to help. We want to help homeschool moms. Um, and we don't want it to be like, um, uh, you know, we're checking up on you. We're making sure you did everything. No, we, we want to help you along the way. Yeah. And that's true. And I think that, um, for you, just from your experience homeschooling, did you have those moments where you felt like you weren't doing enough? Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, does that go away? I'm, I'm not sure. No, that does. not at all. <laughs> even, even, um, up till the very end, I, I switched up curriculum every single year that I homeschooled in the middle of the year because I didn't think it was working or I just felt like I needed to do something else or it wasn't enough or my kids just didn't like it and they didn't want to do it. Um, I started homeschooling um, my oldest when he after the fourth grade and we just kind of did our thing and we we homeschooled and the best I knew how I mean, I am a teacher um, but I'm a severe and profound special ed teacher. So I didn't know how to school regular kids. I kind of had to unlearn everything I was taught when I was learning to be a teacher and homeschool them as a mom. Um, because really moms know best and moms kind of know what their kids need. But yeah, I was not at all confident right up till the very end. <laughs> I, um, we started homeschooling and, you know, my oldest, um, after the fourth grade, and I had no idea where my kids were until I sent him in to take the SATs and he did great. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't mess up. Like, but until that point I had no idea. Um, so, I mean, there are some things that you can do if you kind of want to know where your kids are. I just, I wasn't that organized and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do it. But like, if you, if you want to know, you know, you can do, um, testing, um, you can do, there are tests that you can just download online just to kind of get a, a feel for where your kids are. But no, I wasn't at all confident. There's no homeschool mom who doesn't feel like she's not doing enough. Everybody's just kind of going with the flow and winging it and doing, you know, changing according to what your kids need. Right. And I think that your story is a really an inspiration to newbies like myself, who's two years homeschooling, um, to know that you don't have to have it all figured out right away and that you can have freedom in what you teach and that, but then your kids can still be successful and get into the colleges that you want them to go to or that they want to go to. Um, right. Yeah. I, um, like we, we just had no idea. <laughs> what we were doing, but it all worked out. And, you know, in Florida, the state does not mandate what you have to teach. So, um, you know, I always recommend that you, you teach reading, writing, math, history, and science. That's kind of just the, the core of an education, but 
how you teach that is really up to you. So uh, like, for example, my um, oldest, he just really loved chemistry. He's the one who's majoring in chemical engineering. He just loved chemistry. I mean, it was just, he loved it. So for high school, what they would typically teach in, um, you know, biology, chemistry, and physics for high school sciences, he didn't do that. He knew he liked chemistry. He knew he was going to go into a chemistry-related field. So he did general chemistry one, general chemistry two, and organic chemistry as his three high school sciences. So, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, you can loosely stick to what the norm is for, um, for education. And that's a whole nother, um, that's a whole nother question, um, when you get to high school and high school specifics. Um, but homeschoolers are not bound to the, the rules of regular school. So it's kind of like you educate your children, you put a portfolio together you review, review it with your evaluator and your evaluator will tell you, you know, if she, if she feels like you need to add something or whatever. So, you know, you don't need to worry. You just kind of, you can, you can give your kids an interest led education and they're going to turn out just as great as, you know, somebody who had all the boxes checked. Right. And for those um, who maybe are thinking, well, in high school, I'm going to put them back in school. I need to make sure I do X, Y, Z. Um, are there things that they can do to make sure they're keeping up with, I guess, uh, their requirements for putting them back into school, if that's what they wanted to do? Yeah, well, if you're going to start high school um, after homeschooling, um, you know, kindergarten through eighth grade, if you're going to start high school right in the ninth grade, there's usually not an issue at all. Um, the, the place that parents run into problems is when you say that you've homeschooled ninth and 10th grade and you want to put them back in school for 11th and 12th, the schools are going to want to make sure that you have met the credit requirements for the ninth and 10th grade, because the school will then be issuing you a diploma and they don't want to issue you a diploma unless they can guarantee that you have met those ninth and 10th grade requirements. So um, you can do that through a variety of ways. Um, there is a um, coding system for the public schools. So say that you took, you know, at home for ninth grade, you took English, um, you would just, you know, look on the, um, the public school websites and find their English class and just kind of make sure that what you did matched what they did. Um, another way that you can do it is uh, through dual enrollment. If you, um, if you are able to pass the college entrance test, which is the PERT test, um, you can do it as soon as age 12, uh, but most people don't do it until they're in high school. And you're taking classes at the community college, those classes are then going to transfer, um, are pretty likely to transfer into the public school system. So if you're wanting to do um, public school for high school, if you start right after the eighth grade, there's going to be no problem because there are no credits that have, you know, that they're trying to match. But if you are going to start, you know, in ninth grade or 10th grade or even 11th grade, you just want to make sure that you've kept really detailed records. You, you have the books that you've used and basically what you have done matches what the high school does. And you can do that through, if you think that you're going to take your kids and put them back into a regular school, 
You might want to homeschool using like a correspondence school that will give you a transcript. So it kind of is easy to move over. Um, the public school high schools tend to distrust um, parent made curriculums at the high school level. Um, below that, they don't care. Um, they're just going to probably put your child in according to their age. But in high school, they are really concerned about the credits. So you just want to make sure that you, if that's the route you plan to take, that what you're doing at home is matching what they're doing in school. Okay, that makes sense. And there's some online programs that are um, more credited based that people can use, right? Right. Yeah, there are a couple of them. There's Keystone Academy. Um, I'm not sure if Excellus is accredited or not, but that's another one that people use a lot. There's a lot of online programs. Okay, great. And then, so what are the resources you can recommend, sorry, for first-time homeschoolers besides really keeping in touch with your evaluator through the year? Is there anything else that you, that helped you um, when you were homeschooling? And Well, I mean, most people don't call their evaluator until it's time for an evaluation. And I wish that they would call me first. Like, I want to be able to give them advice and point them into the right direction and help them instead of them struggling for their first year, just kind of not knowing what they're doing. I would love to be able to say, you know, what are your kids interests? What are your, um, what do they want to learn? And, you know, you can get some really great resources um, at the library. There is a book called Kathy Duffy's 101 top picks for curriculum. And What it is, is it will kind of give you like a little quiz as the homeschool mom and a quiz for your students. And it'll it'll kind of put them into a category. What kind of a learner are they? Are they a perfect Paula or are they a wiggly willy? And it will um, it will point you in the direction of curriculum that works for that kind of learner. So um, that's that's where I started. I just kind of had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. So I got that book. I figured out that my kids were all wiggly willies when boys tend, tend to be wiggly willies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and then I started with curriculum based on that. And it was it, it worked. It, it really worked for us. Um, you there, There's also a website, Kathy Duffy's website um, will kind of just tell you about all the different kinds of curriculum that there are and what learning style they're best for. So if you're teaching your children the way that they learn, it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, is some, I mean, some parents, students are going to want to be hands-on. Others just prefer to read things out of a book. It just, it really depends on your kids, but that's a great place to start for new homeschool moms because it will, it will give you a definitive answer, like, try this first. And if that's not working, then figure out why it's not working and then move to another one that maybe will work. Like I said, I changed it up every single year. There are a few things that I stuck with throughout the year. Um, our math program we stuck with, we liked it. Um, our grammar program we really liked, but um, everything else we pretty changed, we, we changed it up yearly. Right. And that's the nice thing about homeschooling is that it is flexible um, as long as the parent can be flexible, because I feel like sometimes we're just so rigid, we want it a certain way. Um, But if we're flexible with our children, they can learn, you know, we can learn what they, how they learn, I guess is basically what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if you are a very rigid parent and you have very rigid children, 
there are curriculums for that. There is one mm-hmm. curriculum. Um, it's put out by the Calvert School, Calvert School, and it is a full curriculum in a box. They will send you the year's worth of curriculum with all of your books, absolutely everything that you need to homeschool. And if you are not comfortable doing it yourself, they you can send your work in and it will be graded by a certified teacher. So, you know, that's not the way that I recommend people homeschool, but if that's what you need to start and that's what you're comfortable with, you can do that. Right. I feel like there's something out there for everyone Yeah, <laughs> that definitely. will work for them. Um, it might take a few years to figure that out though. Yes, definitely <laughs> will. <laughs> Usually at the three year mark, you start to feel like you might be getting the hang of it, <laughs> but yeah. honestly, it it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're raising, I mean, it's a, it's a person. It's not something that fits into a box. Right. And um, they're constantly changing just like we are. So I think that we have to be flexible, but that's a hard concept to get into um, when you first start doing it. Right, right. And it's really hard for parents to understand that you don't have to do what they typically do in school because you're not in school and homeschool should not look like school. Homeschool mm-hmm. is very different from school. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it does not take seven hours a day. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Which can be the struggle because then you're like, well, now what am I supposed to do with them the rest of the day? <laughs> right. When I started homeschooling, um, we actually, I moved my dining room table into a room, our homeschool room, and I had my kids sit around the table for seven hours a day and I had them raise their hands if they needed to go to the bathroom. That was so wrong, and they still remember that to this day, but I didn't know how else to do it. Mm, (laughs) When we finished, my kids were hanging upside down on the sofa reading books or jumping on the trampoline or, you know, doing it in the pool. It's completely different. Yeah, that is great. Um, So we don't have much time left, but what are some, what's a way that you can encourage maybe a new homeschool mom or some family that's thinking, should we homeschool? Um, what's something that you can provide for them to encourage them to either do it or to know that, you know, it's possible? Well, the, the biggest thing I think you need to do when you start out is reach out to the homeschool community. There are support groups out there. There are co-ops out there. There are other homeschool parents who have come before you and they will teach you. I had to learn how to homeschool from other homeschool moms and, you know, they do too. Don't try to do it alone. There are homeschoolers who just kind of stay in their house and do their their work. They don't, you know, branch out to the support groups or co-ops. They don't take field trips. They feel like they have to be in their house homeschooling during school hours. And that is not the case. Um, really reach out to your community. There are in Palm Beach County, there are tons of opportunities to reach out and, um, you know, connect with people and let them show you the way because mm-hmm. nobody should have to figure it out on your own. And it's a whole lot more fun when you're doing it with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, and if you don't mind sharing uh, one last thing, what is the most thing, what's the number one thing you cherish most about homeschooling your boys looking back? and? Oh my goodness. It's the time that I got to spend with them. I mean, now I have a 18, 19 and 21 year old and they still love to spend time with me. They all came home this summer and they just, they, they want to hang out with us. 
Whereas, you know, teenagers typically, they are embarrassed by their parents or they don't want to be with them. But we have built such a great relationship um, through homeschooling that we remain a very close-knit group because we've had all of those experiences and we had them together. Yeah, that is so great. I love that. Um, Well, I appreciate, Jennifer, you coming on today and to share your encouragement and your testimony. I know it's just going to help all those newbies and also experienced homeschool moms out there. If you have a listener question that you would like us to answer, please reach out to us at localhomeschoolers.com. Tune in next week to hear our latest episode.